First, there is only darkness. Then, the sound of lapping waves on a beach. You open your eyes and see, sitting across from you, is a figure in a dark robe, a skeletal hand flicking absent-mindedly through a book, waiting for you to awaken. Um, so I'm guessing this is, uh, this is death, right? You, the, the whole cloak and the hand thing. <laughs> the figure turns in their chair and looks at you. You see that this skeletal figure has the skull of a jackal. Uh, its body is hidden in the cloak, but it is very much in the style of a canine grim reaper. Uh, you find yourself looking down, uh, kind of on a couch, as if in like a psychiatrist's office, to his chair. And yet, you're not in an office. You are on a beach. Uh, a long, sandy beach with no civilization in sight. Just the lapping waves uh, on the shore. And a wooden door, alone, in the middle of the sand, as if leading out of this place. So... I thought I had a handle on this a second ago. Um, dog, okay, the dog face, the beach, we're in dog heaven. <laughs> Dogs love the waves. They're great. They're, you know, nice and, you, you bite at them, they're great. I'm curious why I'm on a sofa in dog heaven. Um, is this what they meant when they asked me if I'm a cat person or a dog person? Am I a dog person? <laughs> The skeleton figure uh, is not capable of smiling, but you feel a warmth from it, as if it is attempting to communicate a smile to you. It closes its book um, and sits up right in its in its seat and addresses you. I'm sure you have a lot of questions. That's understandable at this point. I would as well if I were in your position, and I am prepared to answer them. But let's do this in an orderly fashion. Who? What, when, where, why. The five essential questions to helping you get on with your life. Who? Who am I? I go by the name Cato. C-A-T-O. Who are you? I'm, um, oh. It's a... Nifix? I think? Yeah, yeah, it's all a... Bit fuzzy. It's wonderful to make your acquaintance, Nifix the Gnome. Who, what, what is going on right now? Simply put, this is a job interview. A, um, why am? No, there'll be there'll be time for why later. Now is what? Yeah, okay, yeah. What? 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 <laughs> what what's the what's the job and what? I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, Nifix. Uh, it's a nasty job I have for you. It's a nasty line of work, but since time immemorial, there were people who did it. In the earliest years, in the time of the gods, there were three sisters, Electo, Megara, and Tisiphone. They were called the Furies. They tormented those who deserved it, and killed those who deserved it more. Since the gods have fallen, there's been a job opening that no one has seen fit to fill and i've grown tired of seeing the injustices of the world and decided to take on the mantle myself and i'm assembling a team 
This sounds like you're recruiting me for some JRPG party to go take down, like, hell demons. And I'm not going to lie, I'm on board with the concept. <laughs> that is a nice way to put it. I do want to be as transparent as possible because it is a terrible burden I'm asking you to shoulder. To be quite honest, I'm asking you to hurt people. A lot of people. And kill some as well. I would understand if you'd turn this job off or down. I I have one question for you before I s- agree to this. The people that I'm going to be going after, are they tough? Oh, the toughest. <laughs> <sighs> if they were your garden variety ne'er-do-wells, they wouldn't take a team of furies to take them down. If there's one thing you've got to know about me, I like a challenge. And more so... I like a challenge that I get to put a cool title like the Furies on. That's, that's a, that sounds like my kind of challenge. <laughs> I'm glad I read your soul correctly, but there are more questions to answer. Who, what, when? When are we right now? What does a calendar in heaven mean to a sundial in Asgard? What is a watch on the prime to us here on the plains? Time is a funny thing, and I understand it is natural to want to know when one is. Unfortunately, all I can tell you is you are now. Is that sufficient, or do you require more? Uh, Nifix is going to look up in the sky. It's a sandy beach. Is there a sun? No. Oh. The, the, the <laughs> physics of this are absolutely incomprehensible to you. You're on an infinite beach. Yeah. You actually look at the ocean for the first time really clearly as you've kind of gained full consciousness now. And the water of the ocean is made of stars. Well, that, that, that screws up Nifix's uh, intention to be a bit of a smart ass <laughs> and try and estimate the time based on sun position. But uh... Yeah. After a bit of looking around and trying to find some kind of smart Alec answer, just like, mm, no, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> the only when that matters to us is the wheel that turns outside our world, one spoke after another, divine in our future. Once we lived in an age of hunger, then we lived in an age of sacrifice, then an age of guilt, and then an age of death, and many more in between. Now, we are in the age of life. Life itself, which has, among many boons to our world, enabled resurrection magic to function yet again, which has led you to my doorstep. So, I'm dead, and I came back to life. Is that, is that right? Is that right? Yes, Nifix the Gnome. You were murdered, murdered most foul, in your home plane of Biotopia. I saw fit to bring you back. I recognized your talents, your great magic, your drive, your vision, and I thought you would make a good addition to the team I'm assembling. Yeah, Phoenix Downs are real. (laughs) (laughs) Who, what, when, where? That's an easy question. You are currently in my office. Do I get an office like this? Because it looks pretty cool. If you would like to work here... In purgatory, you are more than welcome to try to get a job on the trading floor. It is a demanding profession. Demons, Yugoloths, devils, Sladi from all over the multiverse come here to bargain, beg, and trade the souls of the damned. If you think you could try your hand at it, you are welcome. 
Oh, I have no interest in that. I just want a good Wi-Fi connection somewhere with a good sun out. Trust me, Nifix, if you are the f- half the fury I hope you are, we will find you quite a, a home to set up and live out your remaining years gifted back to you after your most heinous murder. Something even more splendid than this office in the sole trading post in the city of Sigil. Oh, is, 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 is there anything left? I, I, I feel like I'm ready to sign, sign on that line. Who, what, when, where, why. Why may be the most complicated. You see, I've put together this group in bits and pieces over some time. It's been difficult to find appropriate souls. A killer. A killer is easy to find, but one which can be trusted to do things in the proper way, much more difficult. Well, I certainly have no intention of just wandering the streets, striking people down, but if there is someone specific and they are going to be difficult, I'm the person for you, I think. I hope so. I would feel ever so bad if I asked you to do something you are not capable of. And I do want to warn you, your teammates will be difficult. People with their kind of strength see the world a little differently from the average person. But I selected you specifically, not only for your great and powerful magic, but also for your goal-oriented approach. I like objectives. Objectives are good. I can do objectives. And I have many objectives to give you, Nifix the Gnome. So, so you, you, you brought me back to life. I, I, I got a couple of questions. I'm guessing I can still die here? Yes, the resurrection magic, which is still very rare and powerful, uh, has brought you back, reconstituted your physical body, and put your soul inside. But you are no more special than you were before your murder. You can still have a heart attack, you can still fall down some stairs, you can still catch a knife in the back, and you will die just like any other. And resurrection magic is expensive. I cannot afford to bring you back for every little misstep. So... (laughs) Do not change your behavior vis-a-vis self-preservation. If there's meant to be just, like, the right afterlives for the right people, you know, these people end up over here, these people end up here, the good place, the bad place, the place in between. Why why do you need a purgatory to sort those? Surely they just, like, go where they're supposed to? The gravity of the universe is powerful, and in many cases simple. The chaotic evil are condemned to the abyss... The lawful good go to the mountains of Celestia, and the truly neutral end up here in the Outlands. But sometimes the cases are not so clear. Philosophers will debate all day, every day, about what is morality, what is good, what is evil, what is law, what is chaos. And sometimes the choices one makes in life are not so simply imprinted on the soul. And once upon a time there were people like the Raven Queen, or my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-granddad, Anubis, who sorted through these souls and put them in their proper places, wearing their hearts and so forth. But since the passing of the gods, there are no more authorities to make these decisions. And sometimes we have to take these things into our own hands. Or, as the devils and demons do, into their claws. I, I, got, I got one last question for you, and it's, 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 a, it's a little one. Why bring us back? Like, you said that revival magic is expensive. Why not just 
for a fraction of that, go pay someone that's not dead to to do this? A fine question. The answer is that I am not the first to have this idea to fill the gap left by the Furies. Previously, there was a a faction called the Mercy Killers who attempted very much a similar thing, paying for mercenaries with gold to strike down the wicked. But those who have not tasted death do not have a proper respect for its majesty. Mercenaries, adventurers, cutthroats, sellswords, bullies, tyrants of a, a slightly smaller stature. I do not wish to have tyrants and bullies in my employ. I wish to have people with a proper respect for death. In fact, the original Furies, do you know how they were brought into this world? I can't say I do. Another product of the flawed gnomish education system, apparently. (laughs) No doubt. Well, before there were gods, there were titans, great primordial monsters, beasts of unimaginable scale and power. One of these titans castrated his father, and from the blood of that act, the Furies were born to properly wield the authority of life and death. One must have experience with the ugliness and the brutality of this world, or else they'll find themselves just another monster in need of slaying. You are not a monster, are you, Nifix? I can't say I've ever thought of myself as one. Well, all right then. What do you say we get off this beach? Take a tour of Purgatory? and meet the rest of the team. Why not? Sounds better than being dead, at least. Raise his hand. Austin, I'm an idiot, so can you explain the plot to me again? I'm not asking, because then I sound like the good kid. <laughs> yeah, Lauren's like, I definitely 100% know. I know we're <laughs> killing people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so the party, y'all are going to go around killing people. Um. Yeah. Love it. There's a, there's a, there's, there's a bunch of different planes. Like it, done. love it, gotta have it. Th- there sure are a lot of planes. Is that where we want to start? Planes, planes, planes. More than any season of Dice Monks <laughs> we've done so far, the number of planes to learn, like, off the bat, it feels like a lot of places. Yeah, I mean, neither the players nor the audience need to memorize all the planes before we start. Any information you need will either be explained to you or you will roll roll for it in the D&D tradition. So, I guess to set things up, uh, this is season six of Dice Funk, an actual play role-playing podcast. We're playing D&D. Um, you don't really need to know that much to enjoy listening to this. Uh, we're going to pretend to be uh, fantasy characters, and we're going to bump them into each other until they die or fall in love, and then uh, we make jokes about it. That's the show, right? Yeah, but Austin, I've never played D&D. How, what do I need to know in order to understand this show? Well, you have to be. You have to understand the language. English is probably the most yeah. important thing. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the second most important thing is that we're going to say numbers, usually on a scale of 1 to 20, and 10 is average, and you can judge how well someone did at something by kind of how they land on that scale. Uh, If there's a spell that's really broken, you can sometimes get your number up into the 30s. That's amazing. If someone rolls a 20, they get a crit or a critical success. They usually succeed no matter what, uh, barring something like, I want to punch the moon. Like, that's not that gonna happen and well now i have to make it happen you're gonna try and a one is a botch or a critical failure and you do so poorly that i have to improv something very bad to happen to your character uh characters is probably where we should start in players um fuck is that a command or a <laughs> no, I just realized I said I, I should probably introduce the players first. So if you're if you're listening to this, you probably know all of us. But just in case you don't, I'm Austin Yorsky. I'm the dungeon master. The DM of Dungeons and Dragons is the narrator. They play all the NPCs, the non-player characters. Um, I'm also like the person who keeps track of the rules and the math and stuff. Um, that's me. If you don't know me, I used to be in the video game industry, and that was bad. And then I went to law school, and that was also bad. So now I pretend to be an elf on the internet, and that's going okay. Um, if you want to support me or this show, patreon.com slash Austin Yorsky is where you can make that happen. It's also where you can get in the credits at the end of the episode for $5 or more. Um, we're going to shill stuff up front for the first couple of episodes, uh, but then eventually we'll probably stop doing that once you're more comfortable with us. Although there's always credits at the end and they're actually kind of funny if you listen to the credits. Yeah. Uh, Lauren and I usually uh, really shriek at each other just inhumanly. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a great time. Wow. You guys are selling it. <laughs> the people enjoy it. I don't know what to say, but yeah, I'm Austin Orski, GM, and I'm going to play everybody but the main characters. Uh, I guess whoever wants to go next, introduce yourself, show your stuff. I'll go next. Oh, damn. I have energy today, and thus I will start things off. I'm so proud of you, Chris. This is the one time it'll happen. Hey, everybody, my name is Chris Lario, sometimes known as Rolo T, sometimes known as Big Papa Pump, sometimes known as the best there was, the best there is, and the best there ever will be, sometimes known as Sexual Cheesecake, sometimes known as Big Papadopoulos. <laughs> That's Chris. <laughs> he does yeah. have a lot of energy today. And I do a manga podcast on the internet. It's pretty okay. If you want to listen to that, it's called Weekly Manga Recap. You can find it on iTunes, Podbean, weeklymangarecap.podbean.com. And if you'd like to support, you can do it over at Patreon at patreon.com slash weeklymangarecap. Damn, that was good. He's he's he, he's real funny, and he's real good at making people have feelings and then do a cry. And this season, I'm playing an idiot, so that that way, Yay! I don't I don't have to stretch my limitations as a human being. Oh, sure. Are we, are we talking about our characters now, or are we just doing the players, Austin? <laughs> We're doing players first, so they can get used to the voices, uh, and then we'll move into characters. Okay. And that's me, and I make shrieky, awful voices. Goodbye. (laughs) One of the chief difficulties with the whole podcasting medium is differentiating the straight white dudes. It's a problem, so we have to be very clear up (laughs) front. Well, this is where I'll jump in, then, as one of the not straight white dudes. Woo, hello, I'm Laura. I do stuff on the internet. I largely talk about video games. I've sometimes done it at big websites, but now I do it for myself. LauraKBuzz.com, that's where you find all the things. I'm on Patreon, LauraKBuzz on Patreon. That's what pays my bills. I, I, what do I do on the internet? I wrote a book about video game character butts. That's happening soon. That's a thing someone allowed me to create. Um... I got I got a book coming out about being trans and on the autism spectrum. That's coming out in like a month, and that's terrifying. And 
I basically just use the internet as a place to write about how I want to smooch all the ladies of the MCU a, a, a whole a whole bunch. Go go check out me doing that on the internet. It's me, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. As not to be confused with Laura. Yeah, I'm Lauren, who is not Laura, but we both have bluish hair. Yeah. And are both not straight white dudes. So. Yeah, we're the two bluish haired not dude ones. Wow, we really did not think this through, did we? No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, you guys know me, if you know me, from season two, where I piggybacked off of Austin's fame. Uh, and just stay here because I cry a lot if he tries to kick me off. Sorry, bud. That did happen. That did happen. That did happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just here again. I'm not famous or anything, but you can hit up my Twitter, which is Ragalicious, and I sell pictures of my titties. Check it out. It's a real good. It's a real good Twitter. It's a good one. Go check out that Twitter. How do I follow that? <laughs> The titties. Where? How do I follow those? Well, you follow them on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, oh, I should probably mention there's uh, links in the description of this episode wherever you found it on Patreon, iTunes, Podbean, YouTube. Every, every we have a channel on every single thing. Google Play, and in the description there's going to be links to all of our social media accounts, all of our supports, and also any uh, other media you hear in the episode, like music and whatnot. So if you don't know how to spell Wargalicious, a you're not alone, and b it's in the description. You can click. On it. Oh yeah, thanks, Austin. You're welcome, Conrad. Tell us about yourself. I'm glad you also made the observation about the spelling of Roggerlicious. I was like, hmm, no one's going to get that. Um, I'm Conrad Zimmerman. I am a writer and podcaster. I can be heard on um, the Spinoff Doctors, where I talk about video game based movies. Uh, of Horse, a BoJack Horseman fan cast, where we're just getting into season three right now, and that's uh, <laughs> deeply painful. And uh, speaking of awkward, painful things, I also do a comedy podcast called Boston's Favorite Son, where uh, my friend Jim and I work to uh, bring our friend Jonathan off road rules back into public prominence. And so you can find those on all of your podcast things. Uh, other than that, you can follow me on Twitter also at Conrad Zimmerman because I am boring. <laughs> all right. So as we alluded to at the beginning, assuming I left all that garbage in, uh, this is a very plane centric season of Dice Funk. What's a plane, you may ask? Uh, they fly. You're too far behind. I can't catch you up if you don't know what a plane is. <laughs> please, no, please, you got to know that much. Um, okay, so you don't need to know anything about Planescape to enjoy the adventure we're about to go on. In fact, I have it on good authority that none of the players in this call have ever read a Planescape book or played the Planescape video game, which I vigorously recommended for it, five it, months. It's so amusing. Austin specifically called out. He's like, hey, Planescape torments like six bucks on, I don't know, whatever, good old games to the Epic Store. Who knows? One of those platforms. He's like, it would really do you well to to, to play it and it was like a collective group of people were just like mm -hmm, sure <laughs> nobody's making eye contact with the teacher so they don't get called on I, I got as far as buying it and downloading it and my knowledge of the planes is it's basically kind of like, like different dimensions sort of you guys had six bucks I started <laughs> watching a let's play of it and then I was like eh and then I've never gone back 
Okay, so you don't actually need to know that much, either players or audience, because anything you need to know will be explained uh, or rolled for. And maybe you'll get it wrong and die, but who knows? It's death's on the table. That's the kind of show this is. Uh, the important thing is that in the D&D world, there are the inner planes where most D&D takes place. Your pretty standard fantasy setting with elves and dwarves, your Lord of the Rings bullshit, you know. And then there's the outer planes where we're going to be spending most of the season, if not all of it, um, and the kind of the gimmick of planescape one of them is this like wacky world of angels and demons and stuff that's usually on the peripheries of traditional DD. now you're smack dab in the middle of all of that um so i knew none of you were going to do any of the reading um <laughs> excuse me i already know i'm in the abyss and i already know about the abyss because it's inside me <laughs> okay so i know the- about my plane i don't know about the rest of you i, I-, I read about mine <laughs> So there's a plane for each alignment. I'm sure most people are familiar with the basic alignment chart from D&D, lawful to chaos, uh, good to evil. And if you make that kind of a like a graph, right, and then a circle around it, it's a wheel. It's like called the great wheel of planes. And you can basically think of them as being all on the, the different points of that chart. Mm. So if you see it, it's actually, I think, a really logical system. But just hearing about it probably isn't going to help that much. Anyway. So I guess to start off, the most logical place is to introduce your characters. Um, Lauren, since you know about the Abyss, why don't you tell us first? I lied. I don't know anything about the Abyss. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to make a joke. I got you. God damn it. It's that James Cameron movie, right? Is that the one where the the actor punched him out because he was a dick? Because he almost drowned? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Suck my dick, James Cameron! Okay, so I guess I have to talk about stuff. You really should for the show. So, this season, my name is Cordelia Heller. Like, if you've listened to season four, you get it. If not, that's cool. Uh, I'm a warlock. I'm chaotic evil because I'm a serial killer. Uh, And my warlock patron is the Raven Queen, who allegedly is my girlfriend. So it's not the Raven Queen. That's the name of your patron in the Unearthed Arcana. Uh, Actually, was it from Xanathar's Guide to Everything? Is that in here? Anyways, so I have cool raven stuff. I have, uh, it's called a Sentinel Raven, but he's basically like a familiar, and I named him Gustav. Uh, He can, I can like turn into him. It's weird. It says I merge with his form. I'm not really sure what that means. So, first of all, we should probably establish your level. This is the highest starting level in oh, Dice yeah. Funk history and will almost certainly be the highest level we reach. I, I can only imagine if we do some kind of epic level stuff, it would be like a one shot because it's hard to sustain higher levels than we are going to get to. Mm. That's fair. Also, I'm the worst person to go first. Why would you do this to me again? You're, I know you have your sheet in front of you. Tell the audience your number. Suck my dick. <laughs> I'm a level nine warlock. Which is a lot of levels. That's that's what we finished last season. Yeah, in some ways we're continuing on the power curve as if we had never left. But I do, I do want to really be specific because the the nuance here is so, so important for your character. The name of your warlock patron is the Raven Queen, but you are not dating the Raven Queen who is a canonical character who is dead right now. I am dating a Raven Lady. 
of Valraven, which is a Danish uh, super. It's a mythological creature from Danish folklore. It's a shape shifting raven who eats the bodies of the dead. It's real dope. Mm-hmm. So let's go chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. What's your species? Did you even say that? I didn't. I'm a Yuan T. What's that? I'm an. Uh, it's a snake. I'm an indigo snake with no legs because there's snake people with legs and without legs, and I have no legs because. The Hellers don't have legs, and also I can fucking fly anyway, so what's the point? <laughs> um, I chose Indigo Snake because they like to smash their stuff against the rocks and kill it. It's real cool. How hum- So you're a human-sized snake lady. How human are you around the torso and head area? Because you, you on tees can range from just a snake to a person with a couple scales on their body to anything in between. <laughs> There's one you on tee, which is like a snake with snakes for arms. Oh, my God. I wish I had known that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think somewhere in the middle because I want to have cool hair. Uh-huh. Um, but also I like snakes. Yeah, I, when I googled snake lady to find an icon for Roll20, Roll20 is the app we use to roll in. Um, and so we can see our icons and so forth. Uh, the most overwhelming images was uh, from the anime Monster Masume. Mm. Anyone want to admit that you are aware of this thing? Nope. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm aware it exists. I'm not proud of it. It's a very horny anime about, uh, I guess, magic or monster girls. And the main girl is a snake lady. So that's going to always come up if you're looking for snake ladies. Just FYI, something I learned this season. Um, But she's like snake from the human torso down and then human up. So what's your conduit? Thank you, Chris. God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Chris, my beautiful child. And speaking of which. What are conduits, Austin? Yeah, Austin, explain conduits while I gather my thoughts. I, I'm a new D&D player, and I know everything about the Player's Handbook and the Dungeon Master's Guide, and it doesn't mention anything about conduits in there. Good question, Chris. I'm glad you're so full of energy today. <laughs> um, so It'll happen once, Austin. Next week, I'm back to not talking until 20 minutes in. That's going to be extremely sad. Uh, so the Dice Funk universe is mostly like the canon D&D universe, with a couple exceptions. The first big one is that all the gods died. Oops. All of them? We we thought that we, we, we missed one or two and then we like cleared them up later. They're all dead. Took care of it. The second thing is that Plato, the Earth philosopher, Plato's theory of forms is correct in the D&D universe, which means in addition to the physical universe that everyone knows and loves and exists in, there is a non-physical universe where every single concept exists in a perfect state. So we call these uh, forms uh, such as love itself, hate itself, uh, sandwiches itself. Uh, That's the kind of terminology we use. And the final point of divergence in our universe is conduits, which is uh, the connection between people and those forms. And it mostly works out as far as the player characters are concerned as kind of superpowers. That's not always the case. Most people are just kind of good at one thing or passionate about one thing as people are in real life but most of the adventuring types we're going to run into are people who have a special connection that gives them some kind of cool ability and that's what chris is prompting lauren to talk about it's me again hello hey cordelia heller uh chaotic evil warlock what's your conduit cordelia is the conduit of expression she is an artist an artiste and so uh the conduit uh expresses 
that. Anyway, so um, Cordelia's medium for art is bodies. So any work of art she does, it's made out of a person <laughs> who is now dead. Um, <laughs> I killed them. Sorry. Uh, but uh, for my conduit, I get to turn their bones into cool weapons. But I have to kill them to do it, which is fine because I wanted to kill them anyway. It doesn't have to be bones, and it doesn't have to be weapons, but usually yeah. it's kind of the, the monster hunter uh, thing that people are familiar with, where you turn things you kill into items. Yeah. Maybe um, I should make some, like, hot couture. Yeah, you've, you've got to go kill the same enemy a bunch of times so you can make a cool suit of armor. This was actually, fun fact, a deleted feature, a non-implemented feature of Planescape Torment, everyone's favorite CRPG. Oh. Uh, you were originally supposed to be able to make armor out of people's skin. That was not implemented, along with many things of that game, which had a very troubled development history and is a commercial failure. Also, Planescape, the book series, also failed and was canceled. I hope there's no connection anyway anybody else want to talk about their character i will i want to okay fine Aww. chris go on <laughs> seeing as you got the energy i gotta get it in this this monster energy's only got so much time before it runs it goes out of my veins <laughs> so the character i'm playing this time uh, his name is king badass and <laughs> i knew is... it was coming and it still got me <laughs> he is a lizard folk fighter specifically a mexican alligator lizard which are teal <gasps> or it can be green but i'm teal and also specifically a samurai when it comes to a fighter. He is a con- uh, the conduit of instinct, which gives him advantage on insight checks and dexterity saving throws. Uh, he has a young daughter, an adopted daughter. Her name is Princess Lime. She is an Azamar, which are essentially like angel people, not actual angels, but normal people that have angelic like features to them. And she is the conduit of limes. And because limes, limes yeah, the fruit. Yep. Okay. Name's Princess Lime. She's the conduit of limes. Bitch loves limes. So, <laughs> be- bitch loves lime. Because my character is working as an assassin, that means he has he has to be away from his daughter a lot. So he does have somebody who watches over his daughter. It's a beholder named McNuggets who <laughs> likes to break dance. He's the conduit of rhythm. That's a very minor thing, but Austin never stopped me from adding this into my profile. So that is canon, and now it's been presented to all of you that way. Oh, God. Beholders for the audience are a big floating eyeball with a bunch of eye stalks on them that shoot lasers. So it's the <laughs> ideal babysitter, really. Yeah. Exactly. It, and he breakdances. It, it's a combination babysitter and home home invader alarm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, King formerly was raised in a villain organization that's not really all that important, but in that group, they took a bunch of kids and they raised them up and they gave them all numbers to address them as until they got old enough to choose their own names, which is why he's King Badass. He chose that name himself. No one calls him that. Everyone just calls him King, but that's how he got the name. And he was in that group for a very long time as the number two ranked killer in that group. The number one ranked killer was a tabaxi named uh, Lloyd, who was a British short-haired tabaxi. He was, uh, he's the only other member of that group who's alive. The entire organization was killed, and they'll never be relevant again. It's just those two who survived. So it's worth knowing that. Afterwards, I like the way you say that, like you get to decide that. Mm-hmm. They're not going <laughs> to be important anymore. Uh, uh-huh. So they're the only two who are left. Afterwards, King adopted uh, Lime, and then went to work as a mercenary, and he likes to fight strong people. That's sort of his thing. Uh, And he ended up finding somebody who was a little too strong. So strong, they basically instantaneously killed him. uh, And he's not really sure what killed him. 
he has an idea of what it is, but uh, it was it was pretty brutal and happened pretty quickly. So we'll see what that ever comes up again. Uh, and now he's working as the thing that we're doing right now, the <laughs> murder man. <laughs> Big murder boy. <laughs> that I definitely have all the information on. King is a true neutral fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did mention in there that your conduit is instinct, and that gives you kind of the boring advantage on insights and dexterity saving throws. But people are going to see your character sheet when I post it on patreon.com slash Yorsky, and they're going to note that that's not all it says. Yeah, well, that we leave that there, you know? That's for you to go check out, because in addition to that, there's also a little... Uh, Little details on King's uh, like physical appearance that people who want to go check that out can find. And if they check that out, they can check out everyone else's uh, character sheet as well. You know, you got to give something for people who check out the wiki, Austin. <laughs> you know how much I hate lore, Chris. I'm anti-lore. <laughs> and uh, two last things. First, King is very dumb. His intelligence is five. And uh, his background feature is that he is quote unfathomably stupid <laughs> so he has disadvantage on all knowledge checks but will insist upon rolling on every knowledge check he's an idiot but he believes he's the smartest person in the room so it's just like a jason mendoza it's just a dunning kruger dude there's a lot of people this guy's inspired by <laughs> yeah or some would say ripped off of. oh i love i love my big dumb baby rosen island <laughs> But my final thing is that King has killed a lot of people throughout his lifetime in the different places he's worked at. And I've put together a not a total list, it's a semi-comprehensive list of all the people King has killed over his career as an assassin. <clears throat> Bone Powerham, <laughs> Luther Lixington, I Wanna See Butts, <laughs> Stefan Dorf McCamerton, Little Delicious. Baba Fitzdoozledwarf. Save some Oscar of these. Ogo we have to. Pogo. We have to <laughs> Chris, please. My family's dying. Austin Dorksky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have so many more, though. Yeah, that's something you could you could spoon to the audience over the season. Don't blow your load in episode one. I have to save all of this? You know he loves to blow his load in episode one. Well, let me get out sperm and monster first. <laughs> okay, so is that your whole character, Chris? Yep, that's everything. Oh, I, I wield a giant sword and I'll cut people up. It's my turn. I've got a character now. Uh, this season I'm going to be playing Nifix, spelled N-I-F-Y-X, who is a level nine bard. Now, traditionally, bards are a music instrument class or or something of that ilk. They're flavoring it a little bit differently here. Um, My bard is basically an angry streaming gamer. (laughs) Uh, The kind of person who just angrily shouts video game commentary at things. Um, So, Nifix is a gnome. I usually play very tall characters. I'm playing a very small one this time round. She's just a little trash goblin gamer nerd that is really into challenge. Likes being challenged. That's her whole deal. Um, it's why she likes doing doing the video games. It's why she likes doing the murders. It's a big, tough challenge. Um, so she is from Bytopia. That's one of the planes. See, Austin, I know about planes. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. It's the bright, shiny, happy gnome world. Is that basically a good way to put it? Yeah, it's gnome world. Yeah. It's bright, shiny, happy gnome world, and everyone is just very content there, and there's not anything very challenging. Some uh, angry, hardcore gamer child, picture gremlin diva art, she's not very challenging there. So, nope, go, go, go do some murders. 
she she wants a challenge whether it is a smart thing to want to challenge or not. Um, when me and Austin were talking about the character, the comparison we kept coming back to in terms of the way they view challenge is Goku from Dragon Ball Z, in that it's basically like chaotic good. Um, you know, not gonna go out and just murder people for the fun of it, but. If there's a murder that needs doing, if there's someone that needs stopping, they gotta go do that kill. And if if there is an easy way to get that kill, you know, the sneaky stab them in the back while they're not looking, that's not Nifix's deal. It's like, no, no, I want you to get to full power, I want you to be a proper threat to us, no, we're coming. Now we can fight, let's do it on proper terms, let's have a challenge. Um... Nifix's conduit is the conduit of challenge. Um, once every narrative arc, I can challenge someone to a difficult duel of some kind, and I can be very elaborate with what constitutes that duel, uh, with very specific states for the winner. Winner takes all. So, um, the example Austin gave when we were hashing this conduit out was I could challenge someone to a sword fight where the winner absorbs the magic of the loser to restore their spell slots or something like that. So once per arc I get to go, here is my shadow game, do do my my <laughs> my do a card game for your soul. You know what kind of show you're in for when they're like, it's like Goku and he plays shadow games from Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, it's, it's Gremlin Diva, but Goku, but also shadow games. So that's what you're in for. If you haven't listened before, I'm sorry about us, but it's the way it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, we're, we're trash. It's cool. It's a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> I... I, I I don't know if there's I don't think there's anything else that like is important to know off the off the from the start. Um, I can think of one thing. Um, so the, if the opening, the cold open before the the intro music at the beginning was too cryptic for you, you'll you'll now probably be catching up to the fact that all of these player characters uh, were killed and resurrected by the person yeah. you're working <laughs> for. Uh, Love to die. Cordelia did not really explain hers. Uh, King said he was killed by something that he has a vague understanding of, but isn't 100% sure. Um, in fact, Chris and I, when we talked about it, I think you described it as it was like a creature, but it was a force of nature, like an earthquake or tsunami in creature form. It's so overwhelmingly powerful that you really, it, it's hard to comprehend it. And it was so instantaneous. Yeah. I was murdered by my girlfriend. You sure were. <laughs> Which is like the ultimate Ned. Uh-huh. So uh, you weren't dating pre-murder, correct? Yeah. And I guess we just like were hanging out in the abyss. And I was like, hey, you got me. She's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> That's all she wrote. I think uh, this is heavily inspired by Brian Fuller's Hannibal, where Hannibal and uh, the protagonist mm, yeah. fall in love over the course of their cat and mouse game. Uh, also Killing Eve, which I recently become very obsessed with. Yeah, so this Val Raven, this uh, shape-shifting raven woman, uh, basically stopped your murder spree, because you were a serial killer, killed you, and then when you were resurrected to work in the current employment you are now, you then hooked up with her, and now she- You're like, respect game. Yeah, game, respect game. Yeah. And now she uh, supplies your patron powers because uh, you are your warlock stuff is raven based, and she is a Val Raven. So you literally get that from from her. Before you were just going around stabbing people, I guess. Sometimes you know you just gotta get a good stab in. You call me the Valentine Ripper. 
You love to stab. But that brings us back to Nifix, the chaotic good gnome bard. Uh, how did you die? Um, so Nifix was just doing a gaming stream in, in some gaming tournament and, oops, died on stream. That's not great. Don't know entirely what happened there. Um, Nifix's whole view of that is basically, oh, I died and then got revived post-death. That's protagonist level stuff. I am the protagonist of the game now. I, this is this is my quest. I gotta work out what happened to me. Go 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 do my 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 video game quest because I got brought back to life and video game stuff. Yeah, Nifix has a proper murder mystery on her hands. No idea how she died. King yeah. has a vague idea, and even if he found the party responsible, he's not sure what he would do about it. Yeah, and obviously Cordelia is currently. On top of her killer. Am I? Nifix is basically just like, I'm pretty sure that the amount of like trash food I was shoveling in myself wasn't enough to kill me at this age. Like, I probably, something was suspicious there, probably. Very suspicious. So let's move to the final character, Conrad. You've had to listen to us talk about anime for a while. I apologize. No, it's 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 fine. I just I can't relate. Well, I can't relate like post two thousand three. Understandable. I am no- oh, but you know that. But you know that Ronin Warriors shit okay. real good, right? Hell yeah, Ronin Warriors. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's a Ninja Scroll podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking my language. Yeah, uh, I am very familiar. Awkwardly with Ninja Scroll. Um, <laughs> so I am playing uh, Blake Ferris. Uh, Blake Ferris is a human. And I'm not going to give a whole lot of like physical description of Blake. Because Blake is whatever boring human you want him to be. Austin. Oh, fuck. That was a good one, Chris. (laughs) If that's how you choose to visualize it, that's fine. That plays into Blake's conduit. Blake is the conduit of mundanity. Fuck. Uh, He's he's just Blake Dudesworth. He's just Blake Dudesworth. And so the upshot of that is he's utterly forgettable um does 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 that mean if i forget your character's name at any point this season i can just insert generic man name pretty much and he will probably respond to it yeah he's tom mcboysworth he's the protagonist of a triple a shooter video game so anybody who spends less than a full day in his presence is likely to forget what he looked like once he's no longer around them uh, which has worked out really well for the chosen or for the career path that he wound up on, which was to be an assassin, albeit for an insurance company. Um, so his past is that he wanted to retire young uh, and never have to worry about uh, money. And he was recognized for this ability that he had and brought into a... a an arrangement with an insurance company where he would eliminate high uh, payout clients uh, ahead of when it was expected that they would expire uh, and make sure that they died in ways that would invalidate any insurance claim. My God. (laughs) He's a dick. He's a real dick. Um, (laughs) Yeah, what's that alignment? Because when you brought this character to me at first, I was like, this is a little dark for our comedy show. Oh, he's neutral evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's entirely self-interested, but he 
doesn't really have any he hasn't really spent any time thinking about like or setting forth having experiences because he was so singularly focused on not ever having to worry about money. Um, and he had this whole career path laid out for him to where he was going to be able to retire at 35. And uh, upon completion of his last mission for the insurance company, uh, two days before his 35th birthday, he stopped for tacos at a street vendor and died of food poisoning. He he literally died two days from retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just he always is always the way. He's a real cliche. That's a bummer. But he's but he's a he's a wizard uh, with a, an illusionist uh, focus. <laughs> so he has lots of spells. <laughs> so Blake Ferris, the human wizard, illusionist specifically, neutral evil, the conduit of mundanity, where people who spend less than a day with him can't remember who he is, which when you first brought that to me, I was like, what could he possibly use this for? And then I thought about it some more and I realized this is potentially the most powerful power anyone's ever had. Because you could do <laughs> fucking anything and then just run away and it's like it never happened. It's it's like the uh, neuralizer from Men in Black and it's very powerful and I'm frightened. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also so excruciatingly dull. So yeah, let's go through one more time. Uh, so just summarize your character one sentence if you can, Lauren. Uh, Cordelia Heller, fabulous serial killing artisan, dates birds. Get these motherfucking snakes off my motherfucking planes! There we go. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, xxx niffin sixty nine xxx hashtag gamer score. <laughs> Uh, level uh, level nine bard who is basically a trash goblin gremlin diva Goku also does shadow <laughs> games. Trash goblin likes a challenge. Really likes a challenge. Uh huh. King badass level nine fighter lizard folk also killed Margaret Tomahawk Otterman Flip Dipperson <laughs> Trustwad Dusselhauser Ludacris Bacon Mayhem Tits Burston Senora Von Cross Second High Conrad stop him uh, Car, please. Blake Ferris Human Wizard <laughs> That's it Yeah Card of the Mundanity <laughs> That's what his business card says Blake Ferris Human Wizard Whatever <laughs> Tom Boysmith. All right, so where our adventure begins is the four of you uh, have been working together for a little bit of time. You know each other on a kind of a surface, shallow level. There's a lot more to dig into, uh, but you've all been revived by a mysterious figure known as Kato, C-A-T-O. Uh, and this person who brought you back from the dead and offered you the chance to live again if you killed for him uh, has sent you on a mission. And that's where we begin this adventure, you are in fact walking up what is known as the Infinite Staircase, a one of the, the easiest ways to get around the multiverse, all the different planes. There are obviously portals between all of the different planes, and there's the, the Yggdrasil, the world ash from Norse mythology, which connects all the planes. But you're currently taking the Infinite Staircase up to your next hit where you're going to kill a person, who I will describe shortly. But before I get there, uh, what are you all talking about as you kind of trudge up the infinite staircase ahead of you? I just want to make a point that I am not climbing. I am levitating because I have ascendant step. So 
I, I just want to start by asking Austin a question. Is this never-ending staircase going to be really disappointing, like the never-ending story that I desperately want my money back for false advertising? Is this staircase going to end? The story did end. Yeah, the story did end. It was still a good movie. Yeah, but, like, is this staircase going to end? Well, once it was out on DVD, you could just put it on a loop. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the Infinite Staircase, in fact, has many ends. Uh, it ends in all the planes that it re- that it reaches. So, following it's in- it's infinite in the sense that planescapes geography is weird. Here's the easiest and uh, like iconic example: is that the core of planescapes uh, adventures take place in a city called Sigil. Um, according to Monty Cook, who designed it, he says it's pronounced Sigil. But I do not accept that. I'm gonna, I don't like it. I'm going to pronounce the sigil. But a sigil is a city that is a ring that floats around the top of an infinite spire. So it's Halo. Well, let me explain this again, <laughs> if it's not clear. Uh, a spire that's infinitely tall. Infinite. Huh. I can comprehend that. At the top <laughs> of the spire that is infinite. There is a city. How can something be infinite and have a top? It's literally not possible, and yet that is the hub. That's the New York City of Planescape. Uh, so right off the bat, like physics, logic, no, all of that's negotiable. Okay. This is kind of like what gives Planescape its flavor. So, uh, Nifix, Nifix is running up those stairs, having to run twice as hard as anyone else. Teeny itty bitty little legs. <laughs> okay. Itty bitty legs. Cordelia's floating because she's a snake. Also, I have finger waves because they're classy. Wait, what? It's a hairstyle. Look it up. Okay. <laughs> so, one thing that uh, lizard folk are often sort of uh, considered to be is like having a lot of kind of alien opinions of other races. They're considered to like not understand other races. So, I imagine uh, King has a book that he keeps on him at all times, specifically for lizard folk. That is essentially a book of like a million different conversation starters. <laughs> and the book's just how like how to get in touch with non-lizard folk. <laughs> and he's going to be flipping through the book and he's going to be like, <clears throat> so are you guys a cat person or a dog person? Cats are quieter, put up less of a struggle. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know about the rest of you, but um. She's a steak person, so... I mean, I mean, I like cat, I like dog. They're fine. Now, the dogs are so loyal to their owners. Give me a cat any day. See, dogs, the problem with dogs is that they require you to, um, you know, go out, deal with them, han- handle them. Cat deals with itself, you know. It might get in the way of in the way of your screen, but, like, largely it'll handle itself. Well, the dog will will make a lot of noise as you come into the apartment or the home or the domicile, you know. Yeah, but that just means it's the strongest one to fight. Honestly, if I think about it, I like cats best because they're graceful. I mean, really, if you have to fight the dog, you've kind of already lost. Do you want to just sort of come up behind the dog? Yes, I agree with the boring one. I never thought about fighting it, but... I suppose it is more of a challenge. Okay, that's fine. Dog, you've won me over to Team Dog. So, uh, how long have you all been killing for? Forever. I've been killing for a long time, and I just I don't want to get stuck with amateurs. Um, define 
Killing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like we all we, know what killing okay, is. Okay, 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 okay. Are we talking? Do 360 like, no scopes are we, count? Are we talking about? Yeah. Do we talking about the actual murders or like how long have I been like killing people with virtual guns and whatnot? Uh, oh no, real murder. Oh, then like a week. I don't know. It's not been that long. <laughs> when did I wake up? Everyone here is a seasoned killer, except for Nifix, who just really loves challenge and so was a very easy person to convince to do it. And also she's a very adept at magic yeah. and so is very useful. But the rest of them made their careers or I guess yeah. in Cordelia's case, uh, hobby killing. And you're just like, <laughs> I'm very magically powerful and I love doing things. I, uh, Nifix is like, I, d- I did RTX. Uh, I did RTS games. I can totally like point people at stuff and buff the right click the thing to do the buff so that everyone is strong and that we win i've been killing forever really i'm trying to think uh i think tugs kringa was the first one i killed (laughs) (laughs) we gotta disarm him i got started at college if you die can i turn your skin into something turn my skin into something (laughs) yes it's a lovely deal well i don't have skin well, that's what flesh people have. You know what I mean. So wait, is your book titled <laughs> Talking to Flesh People for Dummies? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, and to your response that y- you know what I'm talking about, King's just going to kind of tilt his head, kind of like a dog does when it's curious about something. He's just like, but I don't. <laughs> N- never mind. Okay, so as Cordelia offers to skin her fellow party member, uh, the party reaches a point on the infinite staircase where they see what they came here to see, or at least the first stage of it, at least. Ahead of you, there is in a uh, blindingly large queue, a series of floating balls of light. Uh, You are all familiar with these, or they've been explained to you if you're not familiar. These are called lanterns. Uh, They are the form of petitioner on the plane you're going to. So real quick, petitioners are the souls of people from the inner planes, the the reg- the normies from a normal D&D campaign who have died and then their souls go to the afterlife and they become petitioners. The form the petitioners takes depends on the plane. For example, if your soul goes to the beast lands, which is one of the afterlifes, one of the outer planes, uh, you become an animal that somehow matches your soul. If you uh, are going to hell, the lawful evil plane, uh, you become the lowest form of devil. Uh, you are currently on your way to Mount Celestia or the seven heavens. We can just call it heaven. Oh, okay. And the petitioners in heaven are lanterns, literally floating balls of light, sometimes with little uh, runic symbols floating around them, or sometimes little wings. Think like Navi from Ocarina of Time, just a floating ball of light with little wings. And they're forming a queue uh, out here uh, up to the gates of heaven. Uh, But you can't see the gates because the queue is so backed up down this staircase. Uh, It goes on as literally as far as you can see and well beyond that. And you knew this coming here, because of your mission. You have been told by your employer, Cato, that the gates of heaven have been closed and no petitioners can get in. 
Uh, this decision was apparently reached by the person in charge of the first heaven. This is, of course, Mount Celestia, the seven heavens. So there's seven of them. But the first heaven is where the gates are. Uh, this decision was reached by someone called the Metatron. Ah, okay. That's who you're here to kill. That's fun. That's a Bible thing. Wow, we're uh, so low stakes to begin with. You know, we're just killing the voice of God. I'm glad you said that, Lauren, because the Metatron is not from the Bible. Oh. It's from rabbinic tradition and oral uh, tradition. Um, but it's based on a, b- a biblical story when Enoch uh, is raised to heaven while still alive. In my defense, I was raised a godless heathen. That's true. Um, but yes, the, so the Metatron is a, the voice of God traditionally. Obviously, all the gods are dead now, so the Metatron is in charge. Whichever celestial being is in charge of heaven is the Metatron. It's a title. So he's the closest thing to a god. It's, yep, it's a big, it's, who else could close the gates of heaven? Mm, yeah. Uh, so that's who you're here to kill. Do do, do we know anything about the appearance of, of Meta, Meta, I keep wanting to call it Metatron. Did we roll religion? Oh, I want to, I want to roll religion. This is the first uh, roll of the session, so the first roll of the season. It's very exciting. I rolled a zero. Wow. <laughs> you sure did, buddy. <laughs> so the way group roles work is at least half the party needs to succeed against the DC or difficulty check, which is a number I have in my head. Uh, 10. Oh, no, 11 for me. 10 for me. 12 for me. Uh, so the party does not pass. Uh, so you do not know what the Metatron looks like. Cato told you that you need to find that information on site. It shouldn't be too hard. He is the guy in charge, but that's all you know for now. Like I said, the Metatron in uh, Judeo-Christian tradition was a, a person raised up to celestial status. So it may not be a, a regular angel the way you have angels pictured in your mind. Cool, 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 cool. So is, is there anyone around? Uh, that's a good question. Why don't we roll a uh, perception? I rolled an 11. 11. Twen- 20. <laughs> I botched. Oh, no. That's not good. Um, so here's what happens. Uh, the party fails and uh, our good friend Blake botched. So as you walk up the infinite staircase, you see all these lanterns floating around. They're in an orderly queue. This is the lawful good outer plane. The most lawful, the most good uh, Celestia is. And so all of these lanterns are the most ordered and goodly and behaved. If you were in one of the lower planes, their petitioners could be like wild and violent. These are just the absolutely most disciplined little balls of light you've ever seen. And you're walking uh, up to them, looking around. Uh, and our good friend Blake was is not paying attention as he gets ambushed by something that's hiding in the queue. Aww. Looks like a friend. It's it's a big red battle toad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, the mm. he's a big frog. Okay, so what jumps Blake is called a slod. S L A A D. Uh, the plural is slodi with an I at the end. This is a single slod. It's an anthropomorphic uh, toad, um, roughly human sized. 
So the slot have undergone uh, numerous redesigns over the years. They used to be literally just frog people. Now that's another species called the bullywug. The slot have been redesigned repeatedly to be more like primate-ish, and they are they have a, a much more hunched stance, and they're more muscular. They also have bladed uh, knuckles, like usually have like wolverine claws or just their own fingernails are like velociraptor sharp and long uh so it, they're not comical when you think like f- frog man toad man that's kind of like a funny thing uh but this one is bright red they come in a number of colors which have specific meanings that you would need to roll to know but before you can do that uh blake uh this thing latches out and begins stabbing you with its razor sharp claws how does that how does that sound owie <laughs> 13 uh yeah that's a hit uh, Blake, oh, I rolled very badly. You only take five damage as the slod stabs you in the back as you try to walk by the lanterns. Ooh. <sighs> Unpleasant. So I'm going to ask what is potentially a very stupid question, Austin. Mm-hmm. I would like to roll insight to determine if this is uh, an aggressive act or some weird kind of ritual. <laughs> there are a lot of planes, a lot of weird things. Uh-huh. I don't know. I want to get the impression as to whether or not I should be immediately jumping in to kill this guy. All right. So 14. Uh, 14's okay. Um, it's above average, which is 10 for new listeners to D&D. So I'll say with above average insight on slods. Sloddy. Sorry, I already made the mistake of not the bad plural. Uh, they are beings of pure chaos. Um, every alignment has a what's called an exemplar. It's a, a creature that is made from that alignment. So angels are lawful good, not just morally. They are made from lawful and they are made from good, which are like atoms in the D&D world. Slod are made from chaos, not evil, not good, not law. They are made from chaos. So Mood. you can interpret them stabbing Blake as an aggressive act, but aggression from a slotty is like anything from a slotty, very open to interpretation. Uh I guess can I draw my sword and sort of like uh step in between them? <laughs> For anyone new to D anD D, basically you can do whatever you want. Everything is on the table. Like, yeah, I want, I want, I want to. Um, I'm trying to think of the term for this. Uh, I want a big dick in my guess, where I just stand <laughs> between big dick energy, and I'm like, are you, are you like, are you gonna try to hurt my friend? Uh, so like, I just want to stand down to see if. Oh, he... we're we're coworkers. <laughs> I, I think we should really make sure that. I I, I just want to see if he tries to attack me then too. Uh. The slotty says, What language is that? Did you guys catch that? Nipix is just gonna step in front and just angrily glare to try and intimidate this thing. Just tiny little ball of fury. Alright, roll intimidation. Uh, I botched and I still somehow got a 13. Fuck. <laughs> on intimidation. Bards are absolute bullshit, <laughs> but you did botch. So yeah, I botched, but I have. How did I ruin a plus twelve to intimidation? I don't know. Your stats seem kind of unfair, frankly. But uh, <laughs> you you walk up as a little gnome and you start giving him the mean mug. You're like, oh yeah, you want to start something? Person who's twice my size and each of your fingernails is the size of my head. Um, and it looks down at you and cackles, <laughs> and then it. Uh, reaches up with one of its claws and pierces its own eyeball and pops it out and flicks it at you and then cackles and runs away. <laughs> well, okay, buddy. 
King's gonna run up the staircase after it, and as he's running, he's saying, "Hey, do you know who the Megatron is?" Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> is that a no? <laughs> hey, what's your conduit? <laughs> you, you see, the the red slot uh, begins grabbing petitioners and trying to. St- I guess kidnap them. It's like crushing them in its claws and trying to uh, stick them in a sack that it has tied around its waist. All right, I'm tired of this. I love this thing. Uh, Cordelia is going to cast Blight. Mm-hmm. That's a Constitution saving throw. All right, let's see if you can fuck with the frog. My botched. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> what is it with today's botches? How many botches have we had today? I. I rolled a test roll to start as I was like getting things set up, and it was a botch. So I feel like so, I cursed. Yeah, the Chris. Chris had a te- test botch, and we've had four further botches this episode. Let's see. Uh, well, I didn't mean to roll it twice. <laughs> Is that forty-three damage? That yeah, that's forty-three damage. It's ninety-eight. So an important thing for the audience to know is that because this is a podcast, I've done a little bit of behind the scenes shenanigans with the math. Uh, D&D combat as designed can take literally hours and the higher level you get, uh, the longer it takes. So to make this bearable in a podcast format, uh, I make creatures do more damage and have less health. This means everything's more lethal. Um, so 43 damage against a slot under other circumstances and a more traditional game may, may not be as much as it is here when, uh, Cordelia, you're, you're a flying snake lady. And what do you do? What's your, what's your arcane focus? How do you make magic happen? Uh, my arcane focus is a cameo necklace, uh, passed down for generations. It's got some kind of cool snake art magic. Um, and blight is a necrotic spooky spell. Mm hmm. Thanks, girlfriend. Uh, so he just, wherever I hit him, which I mean, hmm, in the tummy, because I like his scales in the back. Uh, and he just kind of starts rotting. Yeah, you start melting him away with your your necrotic magic, your 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 death magic. Uh, it does not seem as effective as you might think. Uh, something we're all going to learn this season is that planar creatures have a variety of resistances, which are very fun to play with. These are creatures made from magic and alignments, so they're kind of they're they're all bastards. Uh, so his tummy begins rotting. It does not seem to bother him. In fact, as he's running, snatching up petitioners, he reaches down to uh, his intestines, which are kind of tumbling out of his tummy, uh, snaps one up in a claw and just begins chewing it like a Slim Jim as he's uh, stealing uh, these petitioners. I keep saying he. I'm not sure this slot has sex or gender. It's literally just a being of chaos. It's naked, so you can see it has a Ken doll crotch it's i'm probably should say they them uh but this thing's giggling eating its own intestines and kidnapping the souls of the most good people in the universe um so king's gonna laugh because he finds this guy very funny <laughs> uh, uh and he wants to like ke- like run to catch up with them to try to like king still wants to have a conversation with this guy why because he's funny and cool so I, I want to try to run up and uh, I want to try to like get a hand on his bag. Mm-hmm. And then, so I, I, I'm not smart, but I have a lot of wisdom. Could I attempt to communicate through body language? <laughs> uh, what kind of role are you thinking? Uh, 
What about um, animal handling? Not an animal. How about performance? So rude. Uh, what about athletics if I really get into it, though? Chris, roll <laughs> or get off the pot. That's a four. Oh, no. Austin, I don't want to fight him. Come on. I do. King runs up to the red slot and starts uh, walking like an Egyptian and then starts uh, flossing and then uh, hitting the, the nay-nay and do, doing all kinds of lizard stuff you read from a book. Um, so you're, you're doing all these sick dance moves and the slot is going to use its innate spellcasting to cast a spell on you. King, make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, no. Oh, he's good on wisdom. Oh, wait. You said he has a lot of wisdom. 25. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so the red slot does does a, a mighty deep croak from inside its diaphragm, which is currently perforated. And as it does that, this is some kind of magical spell attempting to assault your mind. And your mind is not present enough <laughs> to, to really <laughs> think about being affected. And the, then the slot scampers off. Uh, and, I want to attack him now. Uh-huh. Now I have to attack him. Do you? I'm going to attack him. Yeah, she's casting spells on me. I can't be having that. Okay. So I'm going to make three attacks on him. Oh, boy. Uh, 21, <gasps> 26, and a six. Two of those hits. So King unsheaths his giant sword. So the, the name of the class you are is Samurai, but you're not actually Samurai in any cultural, meaningful way. No, not at all. So uh, think giant sword like Orange Final Fantasy X. And also, King specifically, because fighters don't get spells, they get a lot of other things to help them be more useful, since other spell, like other characters with spells can basically break reality. So one of the things King has is called uh, Great Weapon Mastery. And what that means is that when he rolls damage, if he rolls a 1 or a 2, he gets to re-roll it once. So I normally, I rolled a 15 for my damage, which is really low, considering it's it's 46. But three of those were 1. So I re-roll all of those. And because of that, it's going to go up 18, 23, to 26 damage, uh, slashing damage. So King chases the slot up the infinite staircase as they weave between petitioners. The slot's stuff in his sack full of souls. And then King corners him on the edge of the staircase and swings with his mighty greatsword. Uh, the slot flips you off with one huge dagger-like middle finger as your blade cuts through it, cutting his middle finger off. It flops down onto the staircase and the slot points his stump at you, squirting blood in your face, and then he fl- he does a swan dive off the side of the infinite staircase to escape. Huh. I think King's gonna pick up the finger and he will announce out loud, I wonder if Lime would like this. <laughs> and he's gonna put it in his pocket. Do we think that was who we're supposed to kill? Because if not, I don't want to follow him. I don't care. It didn't seem very Megatron-ish. I feel like that was a sidetrack. We probably should go like up to the front of the stairs. Could I roll something to know anything more about Slotty? <laughs> How about nature? Uh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, so I have good that. I did that prompt so all the party does it so that when I roll this, you aren't mad at me. <laughs> I have rolled a three. Eleven. We're dumb party this season, Austin. I know, man. This is the exact <laughs> inverse of last season. Yeah, so you dummies don't really know much about Slotty. Uh, you will note that he took a bunch of uh, petitioners. Petitioners are like soul essence. And there is a uh, thriving soul economy 
on the planes. Um, in fact, uh, from the cold open, you are aware that Cato basically bargained for your souls on the soul market in order to bring you back. So, uh, especially uh, the non-lawful good people, uh, demons, devils, yugoloths, slotty, are some of the biggest dealers of souls. So they're very valuable. And the more the, the more good, the more valuable usually. Uh, you know, the, the thrill of the corruption, of course. Yeah. So so our souls were bought on, on Ghost eBay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the audience will know this already, but this the name of the season is Purgatory. Uh, Purgatory is actually not a plane in Planescape, although almost every other thing from mythology is. Uh, Purgatory is the name of the soul stock exchange where Cato works and where he bought your souls and where you can go back to your base between missions in addition to your own homes, wherever those happen to be. Going to the front of the queue seems the smart idea. Just run up to the front of the queue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to keep wiggling on up there. I can fly. Yeah, so you continue continue your journey up the infinite staircase, um, and you will soon reach the gates. Is there anything you want to discuss on the way there? I like that guy. He was funny. Yeah, very funny. I don't know how to assess the challenge of someone who would flick an eyeball at me. That's... I don't think it knows what it's trying to do, and I can't get a read on it. But that's what makes it so cool. You never know what they're going to do. That's <laughs> bad. But like, what if I try and attack it and it just decides it, it wants to lose at that moment? That's not very challenging. I want a consistent challenge. Um. So you have the finger in your inventory, King, yes? Yes, I'm keeping it. Okay, I want to keep that. I know, so Austin could do something with it later. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why I didn't pick up the eye. Oh, I should have picked up the eye! You know what I'm going to say as a character? <laughs> so, if all these souls are money, why don't we just pocket as many of them and be rich? We're, we're still learning our characters. We're, we're just <laughs> still learning who and what they want. That's a big moral quandary to episode one drop on a character and go, how well do you know how your character feels about this? Like, they're just lights, right? So, uh, a, an interesting way to think about this is that to the people on the outer planes, uh, the planers, I guess they would call themselves, uh, the people from the inner planes, the the, the prime uh, people, uh, they think of like prime life as kind of like character creation, where you, you're born and on the normal world and you make a bunch of choices which determine what kind of person you're going to be. And then when you die, that all those choices are kind of calculated. You're made into a petitioner and sent to live the life based on all the choices you made. And for people who are from the planes, that's like the more real life. Uh, but people from the prime think of petitioners as like, they don't even have my memories. Like, how is that even related to me? Uh, so there's like a big disconnect in how people think of petitioners. Uh, so you, to you, they can just be balls of light. Just to someone else can be like, this is someone who lived and worked their entire life to get to heaven. This is like the best of the best, the nicest, goodest people. And then we're just going to serve some right. We're, we're just going to put him in our wallet. <laughs> that seems complicated. King's going to stuff three petitioners in his pocket. <laughs> in this economy? So yeah, Cato sent you here to kill the Metatron uh, and open the gates of heaven so petitioners can get in without getting ganked by, I guess, people like King. Damn. I mean, 
Blake could do it too. He's just not been here long enough to be secure in how he would execute the exchange later. Well, let's say there's got there. If you're new to Dice Funk, there are consequences to every action. I'm horny for the consequences, folks. <laughs> I all Cordelia all Cordelia cares about is murder. So I just really want to kill the Metatron. All right. Well, it's time for the next step on that journey uh as you ascend the infinite staircase king (laughs) steals a couple of petitioners uh and you see ahead of you the pearly gates of heaven uh guarding said gates is a creature he has a picture ready i know it ha it's like a mega man 12 villain or something right nerd Like, like that's how far the big yellow thing gets ring man it's like those cool spinny rings you can get. It it looks like someone decided to cover their them and their partner's wedding rings in eyeballs and then set them on fire. Oh my god, these are his and hers matching rings from Hot Topic. Oh my god. Oh yeah, it's it's um Oh god, Austin, you you just say it, it's on the tip of my tongue though. Fuck off. <laughs> Is this some Catholic shit? It really is. It's an ophanim uh, from the Bible, from the book of Ezekiel. Austin, Uh, we didn't learn the cool shit in religion class. We just (laughs) learned about abortions. (laughs) Oh, man, the Bible's so cool when you get past all the dumb stuff. Um, So uh, ophanim, or wheels, are attendants of the throne of God. They're the wheels on the the Merkaba, the char- the chariot of God. They're uh, flaming wheels within wheels, covered in eyes. Um, Ezekiel sees them in his book in a vision, which fucking rules. That entire book of the Bible is metal as hell. Uh, but there's a flaming wheel within a wheel, covered in eyes, guarding the pearly gates of heaven. I want to roll religion to know more about that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh no, God! The rolls are so mean tonight. Five. I would like to roll insight to tell its disposition. I'm going to 24 that religion roll. I rolled a 25 for insight. Uh, on that religion, I got nine. Okay, so religion-wise, uh, the party fails. You don't understand its religious significance, but using the conduit of instinct, King, uh, you succeed uh, to understand its disposition, and its disposition is... Uh, I guess the biblical term term would be not fucking around. Ugh. <laughs> oh, so this is Megatron. No, this is an this is an ophanim. <laughs> this is Metatron's guard dog. Man, I should really read the Bible sometime, huh? Oh, it owns. People get fucking wrecked for the most petty shit constantly. <sighs> the problem is, is that like the first two chapters are largely lists of names. That's <laughs> just like the Silmarillion. Like they yeah. really are. But yeah, with with your uh, twenty five king, you know this person was sent by the Metatron to guard the gates of heaven, and his orders are to kill anyone who tries to get through. Uh, you probably cannot talk this thing down. This thing looks like a fun fight. Can I walk up to this thing and say, Hi, do you know where the Megatron is? Oh, buddy. Uh, the the Ophanim does not have a mouth, obviously, but all of you hear reverberating in your mind uh, just the words, Holy, holy, holy. Hey, what's your conduit? <laughs> it, I'm, do you want me to keep doing it? That's what they do in the Bible, I swear to God. <laughs> they just yell <laughs> the word holy. Are you kidding me? That's so stupid. That's literally what they do. Um, Nifix is is looking at this thing that that is brutal and murderous. 
This seems like a fun challenge. Conduit of challenge time. Oh shit, alright. Yeah, I want to pull out a conduit and show one off in the first episode to see how do. Alright, so Nifix, you tried to mean mug a giant toad and it told you to fuck off by throwing an eyeball at you. And now you're faced with a wheel on the chariot of God and you're about to, you're about to throw down. Tell me how this happens. Yeah, okay. So Nifix is just going to walk up to this thing. Look it dead in one of its many sets of eyes mm-hmm. and go. Please be ring toss. Please be ring toss. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to be now. No. I think it has to be ring toss. <laughs> um, <laughs> you and me, ring toss. If we fail, oh my god, we'll bugger off forever. Nice easy deal. Just gonna throw some rings over some hoops. Holy shit. Okay. Holy fuck. This is so good. Alright, so I guess the rest of the party, do you wanna be the uh the <laughs> the what are they called? And ring toss? The things you throw the, the ring? Pegs? Yeah, the pegs. I feel like I would have to be a ring. <laughs> I think I was thinking that uh Nifix would have to heave one of the flaming rings and then the other ring would heave itself. Oh my god. Okay. Wow. I I yeah, sure. Let's go for it. <laughs> All right. I don't know. So the thing about Nefixix's conduit is we're going to customize each of the challenges to the specific thing. Do you have an idea for how to work this out or do you want me to pitch you something? The only thing I thought about in terms of how to make like... Nifix is obviously very, very tiny to do big ring toss. Mm-hmm. I do have a couple of spells that could potentially facilitate picking up that big ring. I've got stuff like Mage Hand, Enlarge Reduce, stuff like that that could get me. Oh yeah, that's good. Big shit. enough to. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking like use a a cast of Enlarge and Reduce to maybe make myself big enough to hold one of these flaming <laughs> god rings. <laughs> okay, so- enhance. Uh, Use, use mage hand so I don't burn myself to throw my big ring. I don't know mechanically how we, we rectify did I throw it good or not, but that's that's where I got to. Uh, I guess roll uh, a, an attack against one of the party members you're going to throw the ring at with advantage for... because you Okay, so the scene is you walk up to the Ophanim, you say, ring toss for the gates of heaven. It says, holy, which means yes. <laughs> and then you, you... What do you do? You just pull out your Game Boy? How do you enlarge? So N- Nifix pulls out like a, a, a gaming handheld and like plugs it in into some like power bank on their belt the whole thing starts glowing and just starts like tapping buttons and the more like it, it it's like if you're trying to do like an elite beat agents or something <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know you're tapping the buttons in rhythm and as it's happening just nifix is getting bigger and bigger the, the longer they keep their combo going all right and so you're gonna grab uh so the the ophanim is wheels within wheels you grab like the outermost one with your mage hand which is now giant pull it off and you're gonna throw it at one of your party members uh make that attack who which party member would you like to throw it at it's not me yeah that's the question isn't it who's who's the least squishy member of our party uh significantly me (laughs) i mean so to you're gonna want to hit ac to get the ring around it so you want to hit the squishiest person you want to hit the the least oh who is most squishy squishy then uh my ac is 14. We heard from earlier that Conrad's is below 13. Yeah, it's it's 12. Damn. So yeah. So Blake is free real estate. <laughs> yeah. Just a guy. Um, okay, I'm I'm gonna go for Blake then. Um and just just for context for anyone that's new, AC armor class is how hard it is to hit something. Uh so <laughs> I botched that and I got a I got a nine. 
Oh dear. What is with all these botches tonight? Why is Roll20 so rude? Okay, so. Oh. Hmm. I guess that instead of uh, landing it around Blake, you just <laughs> wang Blake in the face with a flaming wheel. Oh, ow. Can like five seconds after he gets hit, King yell out, watch out! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I've just realized you said to roll with advantage. Yeah, did you not? Yeah, you rolled. Oh, I didn't roll with advantage. Nine and a botch. I, no, uh, nine was a, a religion check earlier. That it was a plus five. Oh, okay. Okay, let's let's re- rewind that back. <laughs> it's very funny to hit Blake in the face. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Twenty-two. Oh, now Blake's fine. <laughs> throw, that, throw that ring around, Blake. Sorry. Hi. <laughs> I mean, the, I think the coolest flavor is establishing Blake's specialty. Is it looks like he gets knocked down the stairs, and then he dispels the illusion he cast, and he's just standing there in the middle of the ring. <laughs> that's really your whole thing. That is really his whole thing. Yeah. Uh, why don't you? Can you make me a deception check, Blake? To let's fold this into the narrative, uh, because maybe you fooled the Ophanim in trying to aim for a fake uh, Blake, a fake, a Blake. fake Blake. Blake. I mean, I could fake Blake. I can I can cast mirror image to make Blake. There yeah, if you want to do that. Yeah, that's what I will do. Hell yeah! All right, so now the Ophanim's turn. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, once again, I'm going to accidentally fuck up the pronouns because of I'm, I'm a dumbass. But it's a th- he, they them. Uh, this wheel. Uh, 17 to hit the mirror image. So that succeeds. Mm-hmm. He rings around you, the rosy there and then you dispel it and he is sad because he lost. They lost. Uh, but now it knows it's fake. So the mirror image is defeated. So it's one to zero and it's Nifix's turn again. I guess this is first to, th- is it first to three or best of three? Because it's the best of three you can win on this shot. Oh, best of three. Oh God. I shouldn't have given you that choice. Best- See, here's the thing. First to three is sensible. <laughs> Best of three is a challenge. <laughs> uh, do I still get advantage? Oh, for knowing the party members. No, now now the Ophanim knows that there's illusion magic in play, so you lose your advantage. Okay, okay. I'm 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 gonna go for, for dude bros worth again. <laughs> well, no, you can't hit the same person. You gotta get a different one. Oh, Oh, okay. Who's next in squishy order is uh, Cordelia? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go for Cordelia. Oh, 13. My AC is 14. I thought you said it was 13. No, oh. It's Defo 14. All right. Oh, no. Now it's the Ophanim's turn. He's going to throw at uh, Cordelia as well. <laughs> 11. We have two misses. What Suck are you doing? my dick. <laughs> okay. Every little character Lauren plays has that as their catchphrase somehow. Okay, I'm going for Cordelia again. Twelve. Nope. We Okay, now we're just going back and forth throwing rings at her. There's just a pile of rings like she's just got a hit in Sonic the Hedgehog. Tiny gnome, why, why you not throw better? Fourteen. That would hit, yeah. Does that hit? Uh, it does. It's one to one. All right. Oh, damn. Next point wins. It's Oh, Nifix. Can I still go for Cordelia again? Because I've not successfully got a ring on. No, I think now it's a battle for King. Oh, what's your AC? Uh, 18. Jesus Christ. Well, if I get a 10 or above, which is like midpoint, if I can hit midpoint, 
on the dice, I'm fine. This is a good time to establish uh, your patron, Cordelia. Uh, you talked before that you have a, a raven called Gustav who follows you around, who you can turn into. You can meld your bodies together and fly around as a raven. Uh, he's also where your spells, uh, you can do kind of cool spell stuff with him. But Gustav is also a direct line to your girlfriend. Okay, I'm going to pick him up like a phone receiver and put him against my ear. Like be- belly to the ear. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, do you want to describe uh, Lynette for the audience before I commit to a voice for her? Um, I think she's tall. Statuesque is the word. In her human form. Obviously, she starts, She her, I guess, standard form is just a giant flesh-eating raven. Yeah. Which is pretty big. So, I feel like in human form, she's still, like, tall and maybe, like, elfy, but, like, goth elfy. Yeah, Danish folklore kicks ass. Good job, like, Danes. Like Mirkwood versus Rivendell. Resting bitch face. <laughs> Condescending, but like in a good way. But in a good way, huh? Like pretentious, not like condescending, but she's she's a little pretentious. That's okay, I am too. Uh, also, Lynette is the conduit of patronage. Like Her actual ability is that she can lend her supernatural powers to other people. Uh, she's a very a team-oriented player, so her conduit ability is that you have all the, the magic of a Valrov and, and all these uh, incredible warlock powers. So that's why you can just call her at any time. Normally, that's uh, a spell slot, the spell sending, but uh, you're connected through her conduit ability. Uh, hello, my pumpkin. <laughs> my pump- little, my little, my little gourd. I was gonna say, uh, mushy mushy. <laughs> it's the most pretentious oh, way. Sweetheart, are you back on that weeb bullshit again? <laughs> <laughs> you know me, Noodle. I'm always on that weeb bullshit. Uh, <laughs> are you exasperated with her already? <laughs> it's, it's endearing, but also. Why? Okay, so I was thinking she's mysterious and a dark raven that eats the bodies of the dead, and you're saying she's actually a, a, a nerd-ass weeb. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, this could be fun. She says, what do you need, Noodle? Um, uh, you are very strong and very smart. Also very fast and very magical. You're literally all the good things. Uh, so we're... Uh, trying to do uh, I don't know how this happened but it's a ring toss I don't know uh, what have you gotten yourself into the same thing I always get myself into fuckery well yeah that's you were hired to stab a guy yeah well it's it's there's there's more to it than just stabbing a guy he's like hiding there's I don't fucking know there's rings they're tossing them over people <laughs> Okay, well, I'm on a job here for Kato, scoping some stuff out, doing some reconnaissance. You know how much I love reconnaissance. Oh, oh you'd love a stakeout. I love a stakeout. It's I can be up in the tall branches and see everything. I also love a steak in my belly. Okay, well, what can I do for you? you um, I just wanted to wreck your brain. Can you... What should we do? We made the tiny child bigger. <laughs> Nifix is the tiny child. She is a little baby. <laughs> She's an adult, but oh, go she, on. She is a grown woman, in, but so small. You have a grown woman in the body of a child, and the child mind inside the body of King, and then there's just 
Blake. What is he, what is that guy even doing here? He's just a guy. I've already forgotten who we were talking about. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we made uh, Tiny Child bigger uh, so she had more strength for throwing, but we're not doing so well. What, what in all your infinite wisdom? <laughs> My inf- the infinite wisdom that is needed to conquer the child's game of ring toss is that... Well, if you're trying to throw a ring at something, it would help to make the thing you're trying to throw at easier to hit. Or the reverse? The inverse? The converse? The convex. So I, we, either, we either make lizard man small, or we make ring big. Those would be my two suggestions, although small lizard is very easy to eat. I can tell you from personal experience, maybe dangerous of the two choices. But it would be very funny. It would be very funny. Have you ever eaten a lizard folk? Um, I mean, I've I've killed them, but I don't I don't think I've eaten them. They have a delightful, like crisp outer shell. Really? The skin is great. Yeah, like, it's like the whole thing. Like an exoskeleton? I don't know. Technically, I think that's insects, but <laughs> it's... oh, but like the same crunch. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you cook it. I usually just eat them raw, and it, it's a it's a good. Uh, mouthfeel. The mouthfeel is extremely good, Noodle. So, put in the schedule, try to eat Lizard Man. <laughs> in the planner? We have a diary? We have a planner that we keep together? Yeah, yes. <laughs> of all our daily events. We have, a, we have, there's an app we just update in the cloud. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna go tell the tiny child how to win. Hopefully murder some stuff. You have a good stakeout. Bring me back something. I always do. <laughs> or someone, part of someone. Bow, chickle, bow, bow. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said someone, and, then, and I started making that noise before you said part of someone. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it still works. <laughs> no! And then she turns into a raven. Even though you can't off screen, she turns into a raven and flies off to do work <laughs> for Kato. Can I enlarge two things at once? Myself and the ring? No, you would lose your concentration if it's a concentration spell, but you could throw the ring and then enlarge it in midair. Ooh, I do like that. So if I did that, would that get me advantage on getting the ring on the thing? Yeah, I think in addition to advantage, because you're big, you would also get an additional bonus for the size of the ring. I think plus five on top of whatever you get. Okay, so my my regular roll plus five. And we're trying to hit 18. Okay, so I do it that way for now. First roll. 19, that'll do it. Alright, so describe to me what you do, Nifix. Um, So Nifix pulls down a little VR visor, like like (laughs) your, your Google Glass or something, just to have a bit of like a video game overlay. And has like the uh, the trajectory of where the the hoop is gonna go and all of the the variables going on, and throws the ring, shrinks, enlarges the ring mid throw, and watches it go down neatly around King, not doing anyone a murder by accidentally hitting them with a flaming god ring. All right, so King, a giant ring lands around you and the eyes turn and look at you all of them uh flame all these flaming eyes on this giant ring uh burning with anger how do you poop (laughs) 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 oh my god all right so the conduit of challenge binds 
they they open him to his promise. He cannot stop you from exiting the gates. Do you just leave him there, scattered over the stairs? Uh, like nudge him over to the side. <laughs> okay, just push the rings into a pile. Uh, yeah, you you it's it's like the pile of coats you have sort of near the front door. It's just like yeah, it's fine. It's out of the way. I want to carve a chunk off. Well, that's gonna start a fight. Aww. I mean, it just is. It's a guy. Fine. Okay, well, you can. I'm just saying there's consequences. Uh, the consequences being awesome. <laughs> okay. So, can we just, like, open the gate now? Well, okay, so the party kicks the open him rings to the side and gathers at the top of the staircase where the pearly gates of heaven are. They're, I mean, actually made of pearl, resplendent and shining with light, and they seem to be uh, barred with, uh, like, flaming chains. What do you do? So... Open! Wild idea. I have this spell called Cone of Cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like an attack, but could I cone the flaming chains so that they get frozen and then we can break them with like a pickaxe or something? Yeah, you don't even need to roll for that. If you want to you, you raise your cameo up and fire a cone of cold all over the flaming chains, they will freeze solid, and now there's frozen solid chains on the gates of heaven. Oh, okay, I'm gonna. Uh, Cordelia uses her cone of cold to freeze the chain, and then finds a rock because there's a rock on this staircase. <laughs> Coils around it and smashes it up in chains until it breaks. Because <laughs> that's how indigo snakes kill their prey. Okay, so everyone sees Cordelia going ape shit on the gates of heaven. You just watch her smash them with a rock. I mean, it's one way to get in, but not. I, not what I would have done. A lot of attention, but... Uh, I... hey, um... Uh... You! Uh... And he's gonna pull out the petitioner souls, and he's like, Do you think I can make these into a lamp? Patreon.com slash Laura K Buzz. Go spend your money on Laura. She's amazing. It's a website I enjoy. Patreon.com slash Laura K Buzz. I go there. All the time. Every day. To support her and her independent journalisms. 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 Jerbalorbalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobalobal
You don't have the list up, do you? Bitch, I do. I was trying to give you the first name, but never mind. Oh. A Bozog blew my cover five to stay alive. We must kick into overdrive. Uh, is this going to be, did they get together and make only Power Rangers references this month? Is that what's happening? I don't know, but I did retweet the tweet saying we were contractually obligated to say anything they send. That's self-sabotaging behavior. You really should talk to your therapist about that. A nudist druid, also known as a nuded. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like nuded, like Pingu. A werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Aaron Palavin. Abigail Grace. Adrian Y. Aftershock, conduit of a jumping spider with water droplet hat. Aki Savalainen. Albert West. Aliyah. Alex Vepra. Allison the Purple, conduit of unseen, half-finished fan art stash itself. Release them. Release the documents. An otter fleeing from a relentless Roomba. Can you imagine the noises? I feel like y'all think otters are a lot less hardcore than they are. They're murder tubes. Andrew Birmingham. Andrew Feje, conduit of causing infinite shame itself. Probably because I keep saying your name wrong. I'm so sorry. Andrew Grothen. Andrew R. Andy Harkins. Anna. Anna, conduit of procrastination. Same. Anthony Patronadora. Arachnavolt, keeper of the credit prison and sentinel of E3 hype. Fear me. George, you hear about the George R. R. Martin game from the makers of Dark Souls? Gonna be lit. Oh. <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> Arcanist of... Ralea. It's from the H.P. Lovecraft story uh, Call of Cthulhu. It's a city where Online, lies... Online, there's a little TM in the middle. Oh, well, yeah, it's because the conversion you know this i know but it just amuses me archibald h cactus that sounds like something you would name an animal on the show it really really does arja limite arjan de Koning. ash the girl with the big gay for lauren hey <laughs> oh no don't encourage her aubrey hunter austin new yorkski okay <laughs> Austin, your ski conduit of good boy itself. See, why can't everyone just acknowledge without trying? Austin, when is the next one shot? Isaac, conduit of gavel, gavel, gavel. I mean, literally, this could be on the this credit's gonna be on the end of a one shot. So I feel like you played yourself, Isaac. Austin, conduit of mentioning <laughs> fingering one time and releasing the horny. That was the seal. I broke it. Now everything's horny. Now they know. Backwards of conduit, sparkle. Beef Swellington, conduit of meat. For the audience, I definitely just edited out a really gross noise I made thinking about meat. Uh, Leave it in, you coward. <laughs> BJ, conduit of miniature giant space hamsters. Before we continue, I gotta say, I got tiny nips. <laughs> I'm so glad. That's that. not Lauren speaking, by the way. I'm so glad you had to read that one. Benedict Cumbersnatch, conduit of cuke thievery. Big fan of space, both outer and personal. Uh, yeah. Blue six. Bonus. Booty full of snails. <laughs> Get the snails out of there. That's not where they go. Brent, still every episode of Dice Funk. Goatly. You didn't read Brady, conduit of failed murder. I'm done with his failed murder. Oh, damn. Callum, fuck yeah, it's Pride Month. Turner, that also... <laughs> that also explains why Ragnar died in the finale. Spoilers for the episode you just listened to is because there's no cops at Pride. Hell yeah! Cameron Avis! Can anybody suck Lauren's dick or is it invitation only asking and then it gets cut off but presumably asking for a friend? Listen, just DM me. Uh, no, don't. This is... Nope, it's not appropriate. Get, uh, Everything's uh, appropriate. Candace, 
underscore listen to Dice Funk underscore Starling. And I probably should have pronounced those, but I was flustered. Jared one. Charlie Chalkley said not for whom him's penis breaks, it breaks for thee. Chris! Conduit of bad decisions walling. Christ man. Every time I do anything, that's Austin's response. <laughs> Christ man. Christopher Charlow. Coho Blast. Damn. Conrad's cat Clemens shows up to recording but can't even get a mention. That's because Conrad's cat Clemens behaves and unlike your goblins doesn't shriek through every recording. Hey, you would shriek too. <laughs> if I was trapped in your very bad house. Hey. <laughs> You're a terrible, awful, no good house. Coram thinks that Harbor Master is a brilliant sci-fi webcomic. I can't dispute that, so... Cosmignon Condorist. Oh, she's just... It's one of those, huh? Counterfifth. Sierra Saldana. I also feel like you didn't do justice to Cosmignon Conduit of Stardust. You were just trying to talk over me instead of appreciating the very good art. Cosmignon knows I love her. Sierra Saldana, prophet of RN Jesus. Q, I appreciate you. Yes, you. Cumber. 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 Dandy Snuff. Cumber. Cumber. Daria, conduit of pizza. David, conduit of thanking Chris. Donning Frost. Chris. Chris. Did you shake your fist at the sky when you said it? Yes. I did not lie to you. Donning Frost. Dennis Pancake Detlefson. Devin, conduit of evolution. Don Johnston. Don't you know that Pornhub is a real thing, you degenerate? Seriously. Is that a. The porn on Tumblr was GIF, so if you want to. Rub one out sneakily with no sound. Dorian, conduit of devotion. Dr. Tao. Dr. Goatman. Dr. Ixis. Is it? Is it? Physics. Dragon in the server room. Dylan and Rill and the dog listening on a lazy Sunday morning. Also dishes. You guys have a lot of dishes. <laughs> Dylan, conduit of big skeleton booty. How would a skeleton even have a booty? He's dummy thick and he's clacking, clacking, clacking. <laughs> <laughs> INRJ, kobolds are the doggos of D&D, changed my mind. Kobolds are traditionally doggos, but D&D changed them to lizards early in their history, and it's a major departure from most lore. Ecorn. Did I change your mind? I feel like she's just moving on. Elderbrain, conduit of gooey goo, chew-chewing, fizz-whiz, biz- Oh, no, they really got me this week. That's uh, why I let you do that one. Wash buzz-whiz, because his fuzz. Elder dog, Oh. They love to sleep. Elderlygoose.com, conduit of the shameless plug. Hold on. Uh, we got to make sure that's not Tumblr porn. Is it Tumblr porn? No, because Tumblr doesn't have any porn, so it'd just be regular porn. Nope, it is a real site. It works, and it's not full of porn, so I checked. Good. Eleanor Nonante sees Periton. Eline! Happy Pride! Hell yeah! Elizabeth Jackalope. Elusive Lily. Fuck. <laughs> Emma, moose is neither rat nor fish. Horse, goat, sheep, uh, rabbit, uh, shark, uh, hippo. I'm getting too big, but I'm just naming all the animals. Emma Morant. And Diego Vandan. Vandane. Vandane. Ennui itself. Arwen the Lagadec. Ethan Lawrence. Evie, conduit of triad elemental pugilist. Is that a video game? Excelaris. Hold on. Never. Oh no! It's a it's a class for it's a D and D class. Oh. An unearthed arcana. Anyway, it's a magic punch. Oh. 
Okay, now go. Ex Dolores! Fabian got that dank. Fire me out the sun gun straight into the sunset. Pew! Same. Florian H. Francois V. Frank Sands. Grimlock. Guinevere Cummings. Half Thor Grunderson, first of his name, born of fire and brimstone, were deep. Harley Astor. Harrison Andrew. Harry, conduit of dying for objectivists. Bitch me too, the fuck. It was almost everyone in the finale. Can you believe he survived? There was a, I guess there was only a 10% chance of him getting shot, but can you I, imagine? I would have. I would. We wouldn't be friends anymore. That's fair. Hedron Master. Help! The pigeons are conspiring against me. They would do that. Hey, you. Yes, you. You're valid. Jerry F. Hi, Jerry. Hi. Oh, no. Him penis broke, but I don't care because him butthole works. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so glad. You're getting to read all those kinds tonight, huh? How do I make friend? Regards, conduit of social football. Hunter Howland. Hustle Bones. Ian Morgan. If you ain't a Christian, I must stab you in the face. If it ain't, but... I feel like I'm being tested on my hip-hop lyric knowledge. This is like the third time. Ingmar Gremmen. Ink drop conduit of ooze. I shipped the both of you. Isaac, conduit of Tux the Penguin. <gasps> Who is Tux? <laughs> That's all she cares about now. This is going to be the next five episodes. Congratulations. I can't read the next one because umlauts. It's just a, it's nonsensical characters. Ah, it looks like kayak, but in like spooky text. Jade's Seven Sexy Snake Sisters. James Neely? Was that a question? I did it like that on purpose. Janiac, conduit of ensnared by tentacles. Fucking hell. You wanna, can you, <laughs> <laughs> you, you wanna read? you need me to take this one for you, buddy? Yeah, dog, please. Janiac, conduit of ensnared by tentacles, oozed on and rubbed vigorously. Jared, conduit of, well, actually, mansplaining. Jasper, conduit of fluffy pride. Hell yeah! Jay Logan, conduit of queerness itself. Happy pride! Jayish wizard, the wizard of Jay. Jealous goddess. Jess. John Carey, but not that one. John Potts. Johnny's number three fan. Obviously, Leon and myself are one and two. Oh. John Barnett, conduit of always trying to catch up, but never quite. <laughs> never quite making it, I assume. Joseph Tombrello. Josie, conduit of the dragon hatched next door. Juman Jack. Julian Phillips, conduit of Kaizen. Just a jester. Justin, conduit of pain you cause only makes me stronger, Austin. <laughs> Jorgen knows how to pronounce... Edderkop in Norwegian. I was still right about it being a Hobbit thing. Uh-huh. Check the tapes. I supported you. I'm not <laughs> I'm not getting owned on this one. You're always getting owned on everyone. Caster UK. Kate, conduit of semi-regular regret. Right there with you, buddy. Kiefer Lowe. Keith, conduit of Prozac. Oh my god, same. Caladri, she who dreams of the fiery queer revolution. Ooh. Keller Automat! Ken, conduit of finally writing this goddamn PhD dissertation. Ken Toweroy. Kenteroy? Kevin Dobbins. Kidney, a beholder in a snazzy hat. Spoiler for season six character. Killer Cotton Shizno. Kaniko fan. Kitty Foe. Not Thing. Kodiak and Luke Albuquerque, conduit of good, good belly rubs. Christina, conduit of gay trans lepidopterans and bozogs at Pride. Kicks and flaps for everyone. Hell yeah. Criterion, conduit of Caleb is my boy. Kyle Basvik. 
Kyle, president of the Drop Goodwood Fan Club. Lana Seawolf, Lady of Bones. Lauren's Duckling. Lauren Cates, conduit of a moist, fleshy, pulsating Maxwell Slug Bozog. You got to say all the words you like. Okay, hold on. Loki, Loki, tattooing no regrets. Is Moose a cactus? (laughs) (laughs) That would be quite a plot twist if Moose was a cactus. It'd be a real bamboozle. Ludovico Limited. Luke Powers. Luther the Villain, Conduit of Insolence. Mmm, Joe. The Cult of Gorfanax. Master Rank, Dreams of Electric Sheep. Matt Collier. Matt Lackett is grateful for Dice Funk and New Century. Two excellent podcasts. <laughs> I like how even when we know what they're trying to say, we cut it off dramatically. I think it's uh, good for the jokes. Matthew B. Hare. Matthew Schultz. Maximum Side Boob 4, Son of Side Boob. <laughs> Chris, is that you? The set does sound like Chris. Uh huh. Imagine Conduit binging twenty episodes to catch up with the finale. It would shorten the amount of time you're in agony from all the sadness. Oh, that's true. Melbent. Melissa, conduit of loving Joel. Melissa Nielsen. Mel Tyke, Ponduit Ponduit. You wanna just start the credits over? <laughs> no, I'm I'm on I'm, I'm on fire, bitch. Mel Tyke, Punduit of Bad Jokes. Michael Groman. Groman? Nobody knows. Michael Hall. It's Michael Hall. <laughs> Michael Minkler, Conduit of Fisher Fitz Fritch Frischer Fishing? I think it's Michelle Minkler. Oh, that makes sense. Michelle. Michelle. Michelle Minkler, Conduit of Fisher Fritz Fished Frisch Fish. Midlife right. Stasis. Mike Draws. Miko from Finland. Miles and Rose, Conduits of Yin and Yang. Modified Matthew. Morgan Rapp. Mr. Willie, Phoenix Steven, Lesbian Seagull, Pooh Bear Shaker. My personal favorite patron. <laughs> <laughs> he tricked me. My personal favorite patron, Matt Luce. <laughs> patron. Patron. <laughs> I'm sorry. My Valentina's postmodern artist, Cy Twombly. Namita Aneskins, conduit of failure itself. Nathaniel Homan. Nicholas Dominic. Nicole Woodruff. Nina Person. Oi, Austin, when I eat that ash, I use a fork and knife. Paye Robjerk, or is it Pale? I, mm-hmm. You're Paye now. <laughs> we're not renaming people, we're just American. Pangolin is shook. Paul Mullen. Pineapple. Pixel Fool. Please call me Ashley. Yes, just Ashley. Pocket Sundial. Preston Bowers. Professor Husband Fizzlebang. Philosophy, yeah. Philosophy, goddamn. (laughs) Professor Husband Fizzlebang. Philosophy of Hallucination Department at Shardpoint. If you listen closely, you can literally hear us getting stupider. (laughs) As we we lose our literal ability to read in the middle of the show. Pruitt Holcomb. Puck, conduit of large ambitions but poor follow through. Puck, how did you get in my brain? Random conduit of would you like a hug? I feel like we need one now. I do. Resume Azura. Robert Dakin. R- Robert E. Calf Baker definitely forgot to change his username last month. Reminder, uh, we, we try to record after the 5th. On the 5th is usually when the Patreon stuff updates, so. Rowlet uses roundness. It's super effective. It is effective on me. Yes. Ryan Power. S. Kearney. Hedgehog. Oh, wait, they got me. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. S. Kearney, Hodge Hegg, Space Warlock. Mm-hmm. That's another one. We start calling them Hodge Heggs. I like Horchig best. Salad Child. Sam Stanowitz. Sean Lyons Burke. Sean, the host of Funked Up Plays. Simmons, Conduit of Harder Slatty. <laughs> Shane Sedgwick. Shard Point is Bees. Bzzz. Shane Ware, check out Embalmed Apple to support a new creator. You have to listen to the credits with like a notepad so you can just take notes of everything everyone's recommending in here. Shocking Link, Eater of the Concept of Concepts. Sin Milk Todd. Tom, sorry, I got it. That's my porn name. Sin Sin Milk Milk Tom. Tom. (laughs) (laughs) No explanation needed. Sir Octopus, conduit of chivalrous cephalopods. Socialism is party cohesion and Soviet power. Space Ogre is Star Shrek. How did we go 38 episodes and not make that joke? What's wrong with me? We fucked up. Squid Cap, the conduit of titty-loving gremlins. That's just you. Oh, well, I'm very vain, so I love other titties in my own. Wow. <laughs> Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. Did did she, though? I have no idea. I think it's a My Little Pony thing. Stefan Lund, the greatest stain, conduit of the great stain. <laughs> I don't know where that accent came from, but I was really into it. <laughs> I just felt like rolling my R. Sternad, conduit of consonants. Sure are, buddy. Sydney Marsing. Syretha says everyone should watch Tuca and Birdie on Netflix. See, it's nothing but recommendations. This is this is the replacement for word funk. <laughs> <laughs> Tales of Inquiry. Tara, conduit of terrible pun. Fuck. I love it. The cast of Dungeons the Gathering. The murderous penguin who secretly lives in your sock drawer. The Possum Kingdom Liberation Insurgency. The Precursor. That sounds like a horror movie. It is. It has oh, to be. it is? No, I have no idea, but one assumes. Oh, the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Marietta, Georgia. Tim Lutton. Toby Gleasonstack. Toshirakuru, conduit of knowing better than to question Lauren. Finally, somebody. <laughs> Lauren's been looking her whole life for you, Toshirakuru. Someone who just. Validate me! <laughs> exactly. Shut up and listen. Trace Marsing. Transient passerby. Trevor S., it's my 21st birthday. Can I get a yeet? Yeah! Yeah, yeet. Yeah, yeet. Yeah, happy birthday. Get drunk. Or not. It's up to you. Unless you take medication or you don't like alcohol and then eat a lot of cake or whatever it is you like to do. Just do crack like a normal person. Whoa. Shyness. Vigar <laughs> Arnston. Victoria Molita, conduit of quietness. Victoria Valentine. Vinny, conduit of eating too many edibles. We've both been there. Busy Huggles, keep up the great work, y'all. Vulture King Mike, conduit of putrescent rotten flesh. Oh, I'm glad you got that one. Wrenchy, now that introductions are done, how are you? I'm going to be honest with you, Wrenchy, it's been quite an ordeal recording this one for some reason. I'm having a great time. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Zephosaurus. Yeah. Z23619. Zoltar the Viking Death Metal Caterpillar, Conduit of Retribution. I want to meet this caterpillar. Caterpillar. I forgot to say caterpillar for a second. <laughs> it happens. Zun and you, thanks for playing. And we did it. That's June 2019 for the show. The people who make it, you're probably asking, how can I support them? Well, it's simple. There's patreon.com slash lawyerkbuzz. That's where she is. She's back on Patreon. She left the site. 
that we will no longer name to support them. I don't know <laughs> if that's reasonable I'm sure or it's not. fine, but she's not there, so do we care? Yeah, no. it's not in our interest anymore to even say their name. It's patreon.com slash Laura K. Buzz now. She's doing live streams. She's doing articles. She's doing podcasts. Or, you know, you don't have to even, you don't have to look or listen to any of it if you just want to give her money. That's fine, too. Honestly, no one's checking. There's not Patreon cops. Yeah, like, just give her money. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm at patreon.com slash Austin Yorsky. You know what it is. Patreon.com slash of horse. That's uh, Conrad's project. Weekly manga recap is the name of Chris's. He recaps manga monthly. Patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. Sketch is bandcamp.sketch.com. Sketch slash slash underscore sketch.bandcamp slash camp.band. Yeah. Plus minus sketch. I'm here sometimes. Uh I don't do anything, but you can just send me money if you want to. Yeah. The description of this episode has the link paypal.me slash rargalicious. Oh, that's very thoughtful of you. It's been in there for a while. You didn't notice. I did. And I just keep forgetting to tell you I appreciate it because I'm. You bamboozled me. Yeah, I noticed things. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, iTunes is going away, so who gives a shit about iTunes anymore? It is. Google Play. You got to keep up on the tech news, Lauren. This is our tech podcast. Yeah, iTunes is getting fucking owned. Uh, there's cats, and we got to talk about Conrad's cats because somebody <laughs> was very upset about it. You can't download our podcast on cats. Uh, Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, uh, there's a lot of places you can rate and comment and sh- share. You dial the belly like a phone, and then the cat plays the podcast. <laughs> Does, do cat bellies really need like a spokesperson? I feel like they're pretty universally enjoyed. Well, I think pe- a lot of people are afraid of being attacked, but you just gotta go for it anyway. Lauren says, literally covered head to toe in scars. Where's it?